Praise God. We want to extend a warm and gracious welcome to our guests who are here for the first time. I don't have a card. I'm sorry. I don't know your name. If you don't mind introducing yourself, please do so. Praise God. Robert and Roderick, I'm sorry, and Valerie. Roderick and Valerie. Somebody get those names down. Praise God. Stevenson. We thank you. They're new to Antioch. Welcome to Antioch in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. And we thank you for being here with us, and we pray that you've been blessed thus far. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to communicate with us afterwards. I'm not going to be very long in the word today because when God moves, we just want to give place to him, platitude to him. Let him have the platform. And so thank you again. We hope to meet you after service and all. Um, and uh, to God be the glory. We thank him. Father, order their steps, direct their path, guide them with your eye. As you saw fit to bring them to Antioch, now show them what your purpose and plan is concerning them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You all may be seated. Thank you for the warm and gracious welcome. Again, I'm not going to be very long. I just uh, want to speak briefly concerning the times and all that we are in. And as I frequently do, ask the question of, of are you glad to be saved? And your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I got a few of you that responded. The rest of you, um, I'll give you another opportunity shortly. If you have your Bibles with you, open them up. First of all, we're just going to go to Romans chapter 5. Jesus, we give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. Simple things in life. When you get there, say amen. If you need more time, say hold up. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. We'll begin with uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Father, thank you for this privilege and opportunity. Let the word go forth in demonstration of the spirit and power from on high. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in advance in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll begin in verse 1 and 2, and then I'll jump down to um, verse 8. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Being justified by faith, being declared righteous by faith. Not of our works. Some people believe that they have to work and earn their way into this salvation. 
but it is the free gift of God given to every person who believes, as the scripture says, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Therefore, the just shall live by faith, which is what he says in Romans chapter 1. And now he's saying, therefore, being justified by faith. Not of works, because our works, they fail. We can't earn salvation through doing good works. If that was the case, Jesus would never have come. There would be no need for him to come because all we would have to do is just do good works, good deeds, be a good person, and then we'll just have, uh, go to heaven when we die. It took more than just good works. It took the life of God, God the Son, bearing our sins on the cross. I think Minister Prasad alluded to that during praise and worship. Bearing our sins on the cross and then being buried in the grave and three days later coming out of that grave. And when he came out, he said, all power and authority is given unto me and commissioned the disciples to go and preach this gospel everywhere. So we're justified or put in right standing, right place with God. By faith, we come into the promises of God, which in Christ are yes and in him, amen. By faith, we go from sin to salvation. By faith, we go from serving Satan and darkness into serving the one true and living God in his marvelous light. The just shall live, and they shall live by faith. One of the greatest gifts God has given us outside of salvation itself, but we can only get to that salvation through this, is faith. And faith is simply believing God, knowing God, trusting God, serving God. Our serving him does not come out of trying to earn salvation. Our serving him come as a result of our salvation. We do what we do unto the Lord now because we are saved, not because we're trying to get saved. I know this is elementary, but nevertheless, it's just something that the Spirit of God is leading me in right now. We're in the midst of a lot of confusion, chaos, and disorder. You've heard me say that time and time again. It seems like it's getting worse and worse out there on the streets. And when I say on the streets, I'm not just, just talking about what happens in the bad neighborhoods and things like that, but just out there in the world in general. It is not getting better. It is getting progressively worse. But for the child of God, it should still be getting gooder and gooder, sweeter and sweeter, better and better. You should be getting stronger and not weaker. It does not matter whether you're young or whether you're old. What matters is, is what God is doing on the inside of you. As I use that analogy, and I hope it was plain enough to understand, you have a plant, and that plant keeps shooting up new shoots. And, you know, I was in the yard watching the other day, and I'm just looking at this plant, and it's like every time, you know, one comes up and unfolds, here comes another one. And it's like that is the life of a believer. Something good ought to be happening in each and every one of our lives because of the goodness of God on the inside of us. We are justified, declared righteous by faith. God has delivered us from the power of Satan. He has delivered us from the power of sin. He has delivered us. There is no entity out there that can undo what God has done. Only we ourselves, if we choose to walk away from the freedom and liberty that God has given us. 
So now that we are justified, declared righteous, we don't have to try and do all of these things in order to be justified. We are justified by the grace of God. We have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. That peace is the peace of God. That peace is the peace with God. We can be in the midst of a storm, midst of adversity, midst of chaos, midst of a lot of things that are going contrary to what we may like, but we still have peace. Peace doesn't leave because problems come. When you need a job, your peace should not leave because you lost one job. Your peace should be in God knowing that he's going to open up another door even if that door did close. God's got his hands on you. God's watching over you. By whom, verse 2, also we have access by faith. Everybody say by faith. We're justified by faith. We now have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And the analogy I'd like to use is that we're in this room and say that this room is just filled with grace and there's three entrances. Actually, there's four. There's one in the back, but for the uh, sake of What's right before your eyes now is three entrances to this room. But this room is filled with grace. And the only way to get inside is by faith. Faith gives you access into grace. Grace is not a slippery slope that lets you do anything and everything that you desire to do or continue living in the way that you have lived before you got saved. That's not what grace does for you. Grace empowers you over that old negative uh, uh, demeaning lifestyle that you lived. And we all live that. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But grace gives us the power to overcome this thing. And the only way we get access to grace is through faith. So if you look at that door where Brother OCL is standing right now, say that door represents faith. The only way you'll get into this grace is coming through that door. Say over here where Brother Kwame is. I think that's Brother Kwame at the door right there. If the only way you can get into this access of grace, you got to come in through that door. Or Brother Eric over there at that door. The only way you can get access to the grace, which which is the favor of God, the blessing of God. It is God taking care of you, God providing for you. You can't earn this thing. You can only freely receive. Grace is where God has everything laid up for us to have access to. And so when we enter in, we now enter into the favor of God and the blessing of God, the grace of God. Everything that God wants to give us, he gives it to us through his grace. It's undeserved. It's unearned. We don't deserve it. We cannot earn it on our own. We just simply have to receive. Everybody say receive. I receive. Those who were at the altar, all they had to do was receive. Whatever they were up here for, even if they were standing in the gap on behalf of somebody else. I don't say that that's the case, but sometimes people do come, and that's an okay thing to do. You got a loved one that's in trouble. They couldn't make it to church, or they didn't want to uh, want to come to church. You come to the altar on their behalf and stand in the gap, and you access the grace of God that re releases the promises of God, which are yes and amen, on that situation. Use what God gives you in order to get what God wants you to have. And I hope you understand that because God has no plans of wickedness or failure for you. He only has plans of good. We go back to the beginning, which is something that the Lord has kept me going to. And that is 
with Adam and Eve, after he created them in the garden, he said, this is very good. After he created all of the things, beasts of the field, birds of the air, fish of the sea, dot, dot, dot. He said, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is good. After he created mankind and completed all things, he said, this is very good. And along comes the devil in order to tempt man to do what God told them not to do. And in doing so, lost everything. But in Jesus, we gain it all back. Can you say glory to God? Hallelujah. So let's read. By whom also, verse 2, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Grace, again, is not a slippery slope to do evil, to, you know, it doesn't matter. God doesn't care. You know, grace, 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 that kind of greasy grace, as they say, sloppy grace. No, grace has a standard. It's the standard of God. Hallelujah. Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God, but and not only so, but we glory. Listen to this. This is part of our new birth. This is part of our being born again. This is part of our being born from above, if you will. This is part of our uh, access within the kingdom of God. What is that? That we can glory in tribulations. We can glory in difficulties. We can glory in the midst of problems. We can glory when things don't go our way. Our glory is not in ourselves. Our glory is to the glory of God. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Anything and everything that happens to you that may be negative and everything that happens to you that is good is for your good. All things in Christ Jesus work together for our good. Why? Because we love God and we're the called according to his purpose. So everything is working together. Everything is working out for our good according to Romans chapter 8. And he says, not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations worketh patience. And patience worketh, it doesn't say worketh there, but I'll just put it in there. Patience worketh experience and experience worketh hope. It says, in patience, experience, and experience, hope. In other words, one thing leads to another, and everything gets better and better for the believer. And verse 5, it says, in hope, make it not ashamed. Right now, I believe you're hearing a lot through the body of Christ about hope. Just have hope. Just have hope. Just have hope. Well, it all begins with faith. The ability to believe God, trust God, stand on God's word, stand on God's promises, and the hope or the expected end of them being fulfilled in our lives. And hope make it not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now we weren't there, but we were swimming in somebody's loins. And our appointed day was to come, and this is the day that we are in now. 
But while Christ was on that cross, God was commending his love towards us while we were yet sinners. He didn't wait till we got it together because you'll never get it together. People who procrastinate and say, well, I'm not ready now. You were born ready. You came out of your mother's womb ready. You're living ready. Ready for what? Ready to get saved or ready to perish. Nobody wants to perish. And the only way you're going to have the hope of glory in your life is to repent and receive him as your Lord and Savior. That happens right now. Today is the time. Much more than being now justified by his blood, glory be to God, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For those of you who have a question of pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, actually when you're going to be raptured up, is it going to be before the tribulation, during the tribulation, or after the tribulation? Let me give you a clue right here. We shall be saved from wrath through him. It's not the only scripture. We can go into 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 as well. But the scriptures throughout teaches us that we who receive Jesus now will be saved from the wrath. Well, what about all of these bad things that are happening? They pale in comparison to the wrath of God being poured out on the land. We won't be around for that. We'll be in glory with Jesus. And then when he comes to establish his thousand-year millennial reign here on the earth, we're going to be right there with him. Glory be to God. Some of you going to Jerusalem either now or when we come back from glory. But you're going to get there. And so anyways, we'll, we'll just continue because the, point, the part that I want to get to is about the two men. Adam, first one created by God in the garden. Jesus wasn't created. He always was, always is, and always will be. But Adam himself was created in the image and likeness of God. Everybody say Adam was created in the image and likeness of God. From one man, from one blood, all the nations came into existence. I speak this because we're, 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 we're dealing with, first of all, we're dealing with diversity in America. And then we're dealing with racism in America. And we just have all of these things going on in America that instead of it be being that melting pot that they talk about, everything blending together, it's beginning to just boil over because of all of the differences. Our E-team, and I don't say this to make anybody afraid, but I hope you get encouraged and fired up. Our E-team was out evangelizing yesterday, and you know those four corners that they occupy on Hillcrest and Lawn Tree Way. And they were out there evangelizing, and some individuals decided to come and try and stir things up with them. They held their ground, and from the conversations that were shared and all, you had one group that was very angry, and then you had the group coming out from TFT and uh, the brother that comes in from Richmond as well, that were maintaining their composure and all. But they had something to say about what their beliefs are. And, and I can share one thing with you. Um, Minister Patton, the one who was over here leading praise and worship, one of them had the audacity to say that he's a devil and that he's going to hell. Is that right? No, sir? Okay. I hope you weren't moved by that. If they call Jesus a devil, 
Do not be surprised that they will call you a devil. You simply identify it with Christ out there on the streets by standing up with the rest of your brothers and sisters, standing up boldly proclaiming the gospel to get people saved and come into the kingdom. And yet somebody's irritated by this and uses individuals in order to try and shut things down. We have two choices. We can either tuck and run, or we can stand our ground. And if we're going to stand our ground, we need some more men out there with these ladies on that corner. Not to go fisticuffs, not to fight physically, but to let them know the church of the living God is here in Antioch. Not to be silent, not to be quiet, not to shut up. Not to sit in a corner. Not to let the devil run rampant. Not to let sin go unchecked. We're here doing a good work for God. So we can either tuck and run or we can stand our ground. And if we were to move, it'd be like the book of Acts. And they were scattered everywhere. And went preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the church. Which not everybody is ready and prepared for. Because we cower in fear. Whether it is because of people. Government. Or just afraid something bad is going to happen. Where is our faith? Where is our trust? Where is our confidence in the God that we love and serve? We can sit behind the walls and just let people go to hell in a handbasket and we have our salvation and we love God and we praise God and we honor God, but people perish on our watch. Or we can make a difference. And making a difference won't take place unless the church gets out there. Lives are perishing. Lives are being destroyed. False doctrines, false teachings, cultish activity goes on. And we rest in the comfort of our homes. We rest in the comfort of just, you know, even in this building, we have our time of worship and we had an awesome time in worship and all and, and, and now the word of God is going forth and I have to cut it short because of time but you know we, we, we have these you know decent things and we have our homes that we can go to and all of this we have our jobs and everything and, you know we can say everything is hunky dory or everything is peachy king q whatever it is or we can be stirred up by the spirit of the living God and take back what the enemy has stolen. I can say this. I had him come forward. I can call him Brother Carl now. Three or four weeks ago, Brother Kwame and some of his friends in Richmond were out there evangelizing on the street at night, as we've done here in the city of Antioch. And he was one of the souls who was responsive to the preaching of the gospel 
Now imagine if they had not been out there in the streets because everybody has practically given up on the people that are out there on the streets. As if they're just a wasted cause waiting for them to either kill each other, OD on drugs, or go to jail, something like that. Because we know that that's where that future, that's where that lifestyle leads to. Or we can have the heart of Jesus and say that's a sinner who needs salvation. As we all do. And we can reach out. And if we only get one, we can rejoice. Because heaven rejoices. We rejoiced in you, Carl. We rejoiced before we saw you. Before we got a chance to meet you. We were told about you. And we rejoiced. And then that next day when you came in, we thanked God. And then when we got the chance to baptize you in this uh, baptismal pool right here, we rejoiced. And now that you're here today, we rejoice. Where are those certificates? We just impromptu do some things. I just need the one that says Carl Newman for right now. But we rejoice in that because he was snatched out of the power of the enemy's grasp. When he is ready, he'll give his testimony of what God has done. But there's been two occasions where the Lord has just simply used me to communicate with him and then pray with him, and I see the heart of the individual, that it is soft and pliable, hungry for the one true and living God. And God has met him both times and will continue to meet him as he hungers and thirsts for God. But had it not been for Brother Kwame, Brother Alex, who else was out there with you? Brother Jesse, and that's it? If had they not been out there, Brother Carl would still be out there. But because of their witnessing, he's now in the kingdom. Hallelujah. He's now saved. Name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And now all you got to do is grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and let him fulfill the hope of his calling in you, through you, all about you. And then you be a light that shines in that darkness that the Lord delivered you out of that you can rescue others by the grace of God being with you and being upon you. Brother Carl, here's your baptism certificate. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can come and grab it. It says certificate of baptism, threshing floor, tabernacle. This, certifies, this certificate certifies that Carl Newman has been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in obedience to the scriptures in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, by Threshing Floor Tabernacle, located in Antioch, California at 1793 Vineyard Drive, Antioch, California, on the 25th day of April 2021 in the year of our Lord. Congratulations, young man. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you. And there, there's some more right there. We'll, we'll get to those in just a minute. Again, were it not for them being out there, he would still be out there. But because they went out there and they brought the message, they weren't afraid. They weren't ashamed. They brought the message out there on the streets at nighttime in Richmond. 
We know there's activity going on in every city, but in some it's going on more frequently and even worse than what's happening in other cities. But thanks be unto God, he was rescued for the glory of God. So, in verse 12, I know i got to hurry up and stop. Wherefore, as by one man, verse 12, this is a verse you ought to memorize. It was one of the early verses that I had memorized when I was uh, growing in the Lord, just getting saved, and they were teaching on evangelism scriptures, and this is one of them, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, that man is Adam. He was the first man created in the image and likeness of God. God saw that no other animals or other, any other part of creation that he created was suitable, comfortable, or, or, or you know, comparable to Adam. So what he did was he didn't go back to the dust where he formed man and breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. Instead of doing that, he took man and put him to sleep and then took a rib out of man. And you can't you can say anything and think anything you want to. But I mean, if God can form a man from the dust, he can form a woman from his rib. And if he can do that, he can cause a virgin to give birth to a savior without the help of any man. Yeah, we serve a miracle working God. We serve a miracle working God. So that one man that Adam, that God created, Adam, he sinned. First Eve was deceived and then Adam sinned willfully. And from Adam, then you get to Noah. And then Noah, after he's preserved his family and all from the flood, then, then, then the day that Noah's able to go out of the ark on the land, he plants a vineyard, and then he gets drunk, and then he goes into his tent, and then his son Ham comes in and beholds his father's nakedness. There are many studies about what that nakedness represented, whether it was just Noah being exposed or Noah's wife being exposed or him coming in and mating with his mother. There's so, there's so many stories out there about that situation, but suffice it to say Ham sinned against his father who sinned and got drunk. So we go on from there and we come to Abraham Abraham, father of the, uh, Abraham, Isaac, he's father of Isaac and Jacob. And then Jacob has the 12 patriarchs. And then, you know, the kingdom of God just begins to uh, come into fruition, for lack of better words, as they go through the judges. Or no, 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 no. They move forward to Moses. And then after Moses leads them out of Egyptian bondage and all. And then, you know, the, the 12 tribes get to occupy land that God promised to them. All the way fast forward, here we are today. But it all started with Adam. That's the whole point of what I just said. All that I said. It all began with Adam. One man. And in Acts chapter 17, the Bible teaches us that from one blood or from one man, God made all of the nations, scattered them all over the world where they are in order that they might cry out and grope for him, though he is not far but near. See the whole picture of God and then see the stupidity of sinful man who's influenced by a devil that has been cast out, has no more uh, uh, um, relationship with God, for lack of better words. 
He's doomed for all eternity. There is no, he cannot repent. He cannot get right with God. He cannot get the mercy of God. He cannot get saved. He is eternally doomed and every angel that fell with him, they are doomed also. But we see all of the wars and everything going on. And then we see people, such as what I was sharing about yesterday in evangelism, where because I believe, because of the color of his skin, he's recognized as the devil. That stuff infiltrates the church's thinking. You have whites that don't like blacks. You have blacks that don't like white. You have all the ethnicities in between, and everybody has their issues and things. about. And we all came from one man. We all came from one blood. This is why we have all of the wickedness going on in the land, because of the wicked nature of Adam when he sinned. Why did he sin? Because he got deceived by the devil, and Adam willfully transgressed against God. They both fell into transgression, and this is why we have all of the chaos and confusion that we have today. And then comes the second Adam. First Adam blew it. Second Adam didn't blow it. Second Adam comes from heaven. First Adam came from the dust of the earth. Everything of Adam is earthly. Everything of Jesus is heavenly. So don't listen to anybody who tells you you're so heavenly minded you're no earthly good. The Bible teaches us to seek those things which are above. Where Christ reigns. Keeping our minds stayed on him. He is now at the right hand of the Father and he ever lives to make intercessions for you and I. They two together sent the Holy Ghost in order to infuse us with power. And next Sunday we'll be honoring and acknowledging the Holy Ghost. Not that we don't do it and not that he needs that. But his, his awareness to people needs to spread much further than what it has. The reason we lack power it's because we don't respect the Holy Ghost for who he is. When the Bible teaches us that he is Lord. When Paul says, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You don't need no Washington, D.C. for freedom. They can't give you freedom. And you cannot, you can, I will say this again and again and again, you cannot make somebody love you. When they have a corrupt heart from a corrupt devil, from a corrupt system in and of itself, system ran and governed by Satan, but the world is still the Lord's. When you have that going on, I don't care how many people you may be able to persuade to love you, somebody's going to hate you because there's a devil loose. So the church does not need to allow those things to come in to divide and separate us. We, are, uh, we ought to identify ourselves with Jesus and be about our Father's business. Ah. 
Listen to this. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where it, when there is no law. In other words, from Adam's time of sinning, he and Eve, up until the time of Moses, God's word that if you eat of that, the fruit of that tree, you're going to die. His word came to pass. They died. But there was nothing there in order to show people their guilt before God. They were sinning, 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 but nothing there to show them their guilt before God until Moses came on the scene. And when Moses came on the scene, God gave him the law to give to the people. And so now you have letters speaking to you about your sin because you can't listen to God. So God has it written down. And up until that point, from Adam all the way to Moses, sin was going on. But there was nothing, no law that condemned sin. Then Moses comes along and God says, write this down and teach it to the people. Because now a guilty conscience was coming in. The law itself makes sin appear exceedingly sinful according to the word of God. As Paul says, otherwise, how would I know not to covet? Till I read, thou shalt not covet. And so the law itself exposes our sin. And it's like, what are we going to do about it? Can't help ourselves. We're in bondage to it. How are we going to get free? And then steps in that second Adam to come and deliver us from the power of sin, from the power of Satan, from the power of the devil. He set us free. And so I can't get to it now, but in Romans chapter 8, where the apostle Paul talks about, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption whereby, whereby we cry out to God, Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy. That's for all of us. That's where God is calling all of humanity to. The devil's trying to keep us scattered and hating one another. God's trying to bring us together, one family, under one God. Hallelujah. Serving him. And that's where our liberty and our justice and justifying comes for us all. We won't get it in the Constitution. We won't get it in politicians. We'll only get it in Jesus. And that is the message that the Church of the Living God has to bring to society that we may see change. Don't be afraid because you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again that you be afraid. That word bondage talks about slavery. Don't be afraid. You have not received the spirit of bondage or the uh, um, spirit of bondage, yes, to be enslaved and to be afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid that I can't do it. Afraid that I can't make it. Afraid that I can't do anything right. Afraid, afraid, afraid. And God hasn't given any of us the spirit of fear. 
He gave us power, love, and a sound mind to carry out his work. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say it's time to act. Glory be to God. And we have every reason to because God loves us so much. Praise God. He is so in love with us. And he's not done with us. Thank you, Jesus. If you're out there and you never received Jesus or you're in here and you never received Jesus, I'm going to make it real quick, give you the opportunity to receive him. All you got to do is pray this simple prayer. This simple prayer is confessing your sins before God. Repenting of those sins that you have committed against him. Turning to him and receiving his free gift of salvation. You can't earn it on your own merits. You can only receive the gift. And when you truly receive the gift, you receive the giver and your life changes forever. You are never the same. And so right now, just pray this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before you in Jesus' name. I repent of all my sin. Forgive me of all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead. Now, according to your word, I am saved. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The newness begins now. Build your relationship with God. If you don't have a, know of a church to go to, come to this one. We'll welcome you and love you and raise you up in the fear and admonition of God as you ought to be raised in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for everyone that is here. I ask your blessing upon them, that the Lord our God bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. The name of the Lord be over you and your household, that he may bless you, that you may enjoy the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Above all else, you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, that the gates of hell won't prevail against you, but you'll triumph over the gates of hell because of who you are and whose you are, the church of the living God. In Jesus' name, everybody who agreed said amen. All right, please greet our guests before you leave, if you get the opportunity to. We love you. We'll be online tonight at 6 p.m. for intercessory prayer. And then uh, LTJ will be online tomorrow night on Zoom.